Hey folks, I'm Nick D'Alessandro, and this is Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian. This week is our season three epilogue, and I'd like to tell you a story that relates to some of the other stories that we've told in the past few months. I'd like to tell you about the theme of this season, hope. He's got high hopes. He's got high hopes. He's got That is Frank Sinatra and Eddie Hodges in the 1959 film A Hole in the Head, directed by the one and only Frank Capra. You heard it in the second episode of this season, The End of Greyhound Racing, where we discussed the history of dog racing in Florida and the work done by the Humane Society to pass an amendment in order to end the practice. The movie, A Hole in the Head, which features Greyhound Racing, was set and partially filmed in Miami along Beach Avenue, where Frank and Eddie are currently singing. The song itself was written by James Van Heusen and Sammy Kahn. It won the Oscar for Best Original Song in 1959. Van Heusen himself was a multi-Oscar and Emmy Award-winning writer, while his collaborator, Sammy Kahn, is best known for his 31 Academy Award nominations and for writing the Christmas classic, Let It Snow, with composer Jewel Stein. When the song High Hopes became a hit in 1959, Frank Sinatra was called in to record a variation of the very same song for his friend and sometimes Florida resident, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Everyone is voting for Jack Cause he's got what all the rest lack Everyone wants to back Jack Jack is on the right track Cause he's got High hopes, he's got high hopes. 1960's the year for his high hopes. Come on and vote for Kennedy, vote for Kennedy, and we'll come out on top. Oops, there goes the opposition girl. Oops, there goes the opposition girl. Oops, there goes the opposition. I love this version of the song. It's so fascinating. I am so genuinely baffled that it exists. Campaign songs like this were extremely popular in bygone days when pop culture was more focused and centralized on things like radio and television. So Frank Sinatra, arguably the most popular singer in 1960, was an unusual friend of JFK. He picked up and recorded this marvelously strange song. JFK spent a good portion of his life in Florida. His father lived on Ocean Boulevard in Palm Beach, where they had owned their home since 1933. Like many mega-rich families from New England, the Kennedys had spent decade after decade visiting Florida as far back as the Flagler era. Buying this home put stakes in our state that they'd never had before. In fact, when Kennedy became the president and was concerned about the potential threat of Cuban missiles, he built a bunker for himself here in Palm Beach, Florida. So in case he was here in our state, as he often was, he could seek immediate shelter along our crashing shores. 
It was actually Kennedy's father, Joseph, that brought Sinatra and JFK together. Joseph Kennedy suggested that Sinatra could bring a powerful political connection via his ties to the Mafia. The Mafia had friends in labor, and if the Union voters could be brought into the Kennedy mix, it could heavily influence the election. It worked, and Kennedy and Sinatra became fast friends. When Kennedy won, however, his friendship with Sinatra faded, citing the mob's influence and personal disparages as the cause for their separation. They didn't speak for years. When Kennedy was assassinated in 1963, despite their separation, Sinatra was heartbroken. Some accounts share that he wept for days on end. A lot of people nowadays are drawing comparisons between our current crisis and those of yesteryear like the assassination of President Kennedy or World War II. Finding a historic composite in moments like this is a fair way to cope. We found our way out of hard times before, and maybe our ancestors have left a roadmap back for us. Maybe someone wrote the article we all need to read back when influenza first swept the nation. Maybe not. For me, history is not always a comforting thing. In moments of horrifying crisis, the road back is not an easy one and the fallout often leads to the next crisis. But history is also an impermanent thing. It only lasts so long until suddenly someone grabs the reins and directs us on another path towards something brighter or kinder or better. In the last few months, I found a lot of examples of people doing just that. For example, you may remember Kate McFall. She's the Florida director of the Humane Society of America. We talked about her work in our second episode this season. For the past few years, the Humane Society has been attempting to make greyhound racing illegal in Florida. We were the first state to make it legal in the first place nearly 90 years ago, and in 2018, the practice was ended. By the beginning of next year, it will be fully phased out. When I think of unrelenting hope, I think of the Humane Society's efforts. They had a fight they believed in so profoundly, and for years, they didn't back down. When they finally succeeded, they immediately pivoted to the next quest to end puppy mills in Florida. And I'm glad to tell you that I've found hope in so many forms this season. In Orlando, as the Vietnam War left so many fleeing in search of a new home, a population of refugees built a community that is now the lifeblood of an entire city. In Daytona, Mary McLeod Bethune saw an opportunity to bring high education to a segment of a population that hadn't been given a proper shake and as a result, set the stage for Jackie Robinson to break the color barrier. In Miami, after a devastating hurricane wiped out whole segments of the city, the people demanded more, and it changed entire sections of Florida law. With these surges of hope, we've launched humanity into space from our shores, carried historic buildings across the peninsula, idolized and memorialized stray dogs, turned golf courses into public parks, developed entire cities around airplane museums, and pestered a governor with non-stop letters until he officially made a TV star hippopotamus into an official Florida citizen. Floridians do the impossible, especially when they're fueled by hope. We've seen it, and we've done it. I don't know what the next year looks like. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I don't know what we're going to do. It's going to be scary. All I know is what we've done before. What happens next is up to us. Oh, you better have high hopes. Keep your high hopes. Keep those 
problems, just a toy balloon. They'll be bursting soon. They're, They're just, just bound to go, go pop. Oops, there goes another problem, kerplop. Oops, there goes another problem, kerplop. Oops, there goes another problem, kerplop. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, the season three epilogue of Wait Five Minutes. I really hope that you enjoyed it and this entire season. It has meant the world to me to make it. It has been a very long couple of months and getting to make this show every week has been such a peace to me and knowing how much it means to you makes it all the better. Before I go any farther, I'd like to give a huge thank you to the guests that have appeared on every episode of the show this season. When I started this season, I wanted to have as many amazing, brilliant people on as I possibly could, and I'm so grateful for all of the people that I got to include in this season. They are, in order, Joe Konech, Kate McFall, Brendan Byrne, Joanne Grant, Peter and Jean Mankey, Craig Pittman, Cindy Horton, Gabrielle Khaleesi, Richard Durr, Dr. Paul Gray, Bailey DeVoe, Rick Swain, Fane LaVille, Jack Evans, Catherine Turner, and Denise Stoner. They are simply the best. If you haven't listened to this show before and this is your first episode, I'm sure there's a lot of very confusing things that I just said. If any of the things that I talked about sound interesting to you, please go back and listen to the episodes of this season. There are some really wonderful stories waiting for you. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can do so on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WFMPod. You can also send me an email at WFMPod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow my personal account, you can do so on Twitter at WFMNick. Thank you to Lauren Nix as always, for the photography used on the social media channels. She is such a delight to work with, and I'm very excited to make more work with her in the future. You can follow her, as always, on Instagram at lauren.nix.photo. Nix is spelt N-I-X. All the music used in this episode is from Lobo Loco. There's a link below where you can listen to more of their weird, wonderful music. We are back next week and for the two weeks after that. Then we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back for season four. But next week, we will be continuing our mini-series of interviews, Floridians. I'm speaking with someone very, very exciting. You're going to love it. Look for that next Monday. Until then, I'm Nick D'Alessandro. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Stay inside if you can. And please, drink more water. Thank you for an amazing season. I'll talk to you soon.